the word of the Lord, to the preaching of the word of the Lord and carrying this gospel throughout not only this region and this state, but throughout our entire nation. A man that has been an example to me in my life. You know, for me to be on the same stage and platform with Brother Dean Livingston is a special privilege. I, I grew up seeing him as just a young minister ministering in our church, and many of you have done the same thing. So without further ado, let me say we are blessed tonight, and let's give Brother Dean Livingston and the Lord a great big hand of welcome as Brother Livingston comes up. Lord bless you, Brother Livingston. Thank you, Brother McCool. Praise the Lord, everyone. What a joy to be back in camp meeting on this this is this is our last night. I don't reckon we could carry it on next week, could we? But it's, it's such a joy to uh, come back in camp meeting once again. This year has been a uh, has been a blessing. Uh, our hearts have rejoiced. Those that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. But there's been somebody get the Holy Ghost at Meadowview Convention Center this week. That's exciting. That's exciting. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. And uh, that's just uh, that's just marvelous. I've enjoyed uh, and have appreciated the uh, the preaching during the day services. Brother Mark McCool is just absolutely. It's been phenomenal. That uh, that uh, all all of this this week that he brought to us, and then uh, and then today he concluded it. And everybody needs. All of your young people. I would have paid somebody $100 just to do what he done today. Because it, it, it's hard to find anybody that's got the nerve to do what he done today. But I'm telling you, it was for young folks. I said after service, I said, now, Brother Mark, uh, one of two things. I, uh, I want that message to be preached at my church. So I said, now, I can do one of two things. I can buy the video and play it to my church. Or I can get you to come preach. And I said, that'd be the cheapest. You just come preaching. I'd, I'd get by a better deal. I think a tape's $12, $15. Oh, but it was marvelous. And we thank the Lord for uh, he, He's an inspiration. Amen. And we miss Brother McCool tonight. Uh, appreciate my father-in-law. He's, he's been the man behind this camp meeting for this year for here our host church, host pastor, and uh, we love him so very much. And uh, and Sister Peters, and my mother-in-law, and all these pastors' wives, appreciate them. They're, they are a blessing to our district, aren't they? We love and appreciate each one of them. And the young men, my, these young men that, that preached today, sons of some of the pastors, and then uh, we... I, it just lets me know that that this next generation, somebody said, what are we going to do? Hey, the church is in good hands. God's raising up some powerful young men that, that know how to do it. And if you'd have been here, all of you today, you would have heard, and during the day, you would have heard young men that don't have to take a back seat to anybody. They love this truth and preach it with excitement. So it's been exciting this week. God bless your heart. Uh, we, we're looking forward to, uh, already looking forward to next year. 
If the Lord tarries His coming, if He don't, we'll go to that great camp meeting in the sky. <laughs> Hallelujah. Great camp meeting in the sky. Praise God. And it's just, just wonderful to be in His house uh, this evening. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. Thank you for the compliments uh, on preaching. I need all the encouragement I can get. And I especially am thankful for my peers, my brethren that, that, uh, uh, that I love so very much. And, and I know they love me. I love you, brothers. Y'all are great men. We appreciate you. Amen. We don't all have the same card, do we? Some of you may not even have a card. I don't know. But we are brothers. We all share the same blood. Same bloodline. Amen. Same bloodline. In the book of Matthew, chapter number... Seven, and I'm going to read verse number 25. Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 25. Let me back up and also read verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended... And the floods came, and the winds blew. Everybody saying the winds blew. And beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. I'm going to go the exact direction I feel like going in this service tonight. And I pray the Lord will touch somebody's spirit in this house again this evening. Thank God for the miracles. Miracles have been wrought this week. God has performed some miracles in this camp meeting. We've had, there have been pastors that have come and said, Brother Livingston, God has performed a miracle. Uh, this week, we heard some testimonies today. Brother Triplett gave testimony to our ministers today. During this camp meeting, God has given him a miracle. And others uh, that God has blessed. And God has done marvelous things. And I don't think it's over yet. I hope it's not over yet. I hope you don't think it's over yet. Praise God. Because I still got to preach. And I don't want to preach. And it be over. Amen. Let's do this. Let's lift up our hands and just love the Lord and invite the blessing of the Lord to anoint me afresh this evening. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Shake hands with somebody. Brother Jeff, turn my monitor down just a little bit. Not much, but just, just a little bit. And I want to say also we appreciate Brother Jeff uh, working with us this week, a great sound man, and, and this beautiful facility. We thank the Lord for it. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. I don't remember just where it was, but there was a man who owned a 
ranch, at least a large farm or probably a ranch size. And uh, that was his business. And this uh, man, uh, one day his number one hand on his ranch died. His foreman of his ranch suddenly died. And, of course, it threw this rich man, this wealthy rancher, into havoc. And so he began to search for someone who could fill the bill, uh, who could take the, uh, uh, the trail boss and take the, uh, the uh, number one man spot on the ranch. And so as he put out an ad to, to get men to come in who were qualified men, who could come in and possibly take the place of the ranch hand that had died. Men stood before him, and he would get their qualifications. And, and weeks went by, and he became frantic because nobody seemed to be able to really have the criteria that they needed to run this ranch for this wealthy rancher. And so uh, one day there was a, this particular man that came by and answered the ad, and as he answered the ad, the, uh, the uh, rancher began to ask him some questions. And, and the first thing he said to this man was, he said, Now, I want to ask you, what are your qualifications? You know, this is a, a big job. So he said, uh, what, uh, what are your qualifications for running this ranch? And uh, this man looked at him and he said, Well, sir, I can sleep on a windy night. And he thought, well, now that's a strange thing for somebody to say. And so he just uh, dismissed him and uh, let him go his way. Interviewed some more men, but he never got that man out of his mind. After several more days went by of interviewing, and uh, after a while he said to his wife, he said, I'm going to call that man back. He was a strange one, he was, but said, I'm going to call him back and interview him again. And so he called him back, and when he came around, he said to him, he said, now I want to ask you again about your qualifications for running this ranch. What is it that makes you think you could fulfill the job that I need and that I could place this ranch in your hands and I wouldn't have to worry about it. And he said, well, sir, I told you before, I can sleep on a windy night. And he said, well, I've never done anything so silly in my life. But he said, I'm going to hire you. He said, you are hired. I'm giving you this job. You are hired. Some reason or other, I believe in you. So the man moved his, uh, his things in to the uh, house that was near the big ranch house, and, and everything seemed to be going fine and going well. And uh, after about three or four months with things going real well, uh, one night the, uh, uh, everybody went to bed and the owner of the ranch turned in and went to bed about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Everything seemed to be, be fine, no problems. Uh, nothing arising that was unusual. And about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, the owner of that ranch was awakened with a ferocious storm. He said the worst storm that had ever happened in that part of the country. 
and the rain began to beat down, and the hailstones were large. And, and, and he looked, and, and the house inside was lighting up with, uh, uh, with the lightning streaks that were going through the house. And he frantically, all of a sudden, began to think about the ranch. He thought about uh, several things. He thought uh, this is the kind of storm that could ruin the ranch. He thought about the tractor that uh, probably was left out. And, and he thought about the livestock and wondered if the, uh, if the gate corral had been closed and latched. And, and he thought about uh, some more of the equipment that he knew that evening was laying out. And, and uh, it would be subjected to this storm. And he thought about some hay, he said, that, that he had took down there and just piled near the barn. And so he frantically, frantically just jumped up in the middle of the morning and, and, and uh, took his raincoat and, and put it on. And he ran out the front door. And, and the storm was raging. And the winds were blowing. And it was just horrible. And he said he began to run, and as he ran out, and, and, and he thought, I'll run by the trail boss's house. And as he got close to his house, he noticed that there was not a light on in the house. It was pitch dark in the house. And he went running to the house, and he walked up on the porch, and he began to knock. And as he knocked, there was no answer. And then he began to yell and knock. Called his name and yelled and knocked. And when he did, in a few moments, the trail boss came to the door, kind of with his eyes, you know, full of sleep, and, and he was kind of rubbing his eyes like this. And he said, my God, man, what's the matter with you? Don't you know this storm is raging? And he said, all the livestock and, and the tractor and the equipment and all the things that need to be taken, how in the world can you sleep on the, such a night as this? He looked at him and he said, sir, I told you when I took this job, I can sleep on a windy night. He said, I make a habit every day, every night before I go to bed. I make sure all equipment that needs to be covered up is covered up. I take care of the livestock. I take care of the doors. I close the doors. I be sure they're latched. That hay you piled up out there, I already stored it in the barn. You don't have to worry. He said, boss man, I can sleep on a windy night because I take care of everything just in the event that I might come up on a storm unexpectedly. Expectedly. Amen. Well, let me tell you this evening that I believe as a Christian and as children of God and as preachers, I think inevitably from time to time there are going to be storms that are going to arise in our life. We who live in this part of the country know well what I'm talking about because if anybody understands, Wind storms, we in this county understand wind storms. We've had them like never before. And I want to say something to you this evening that the Bible said, This man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. This man lived in expectancy of a storm arising at some time in his life. To coin a phrase, I remember a few years ago, there have been golden nuggets that we picked up from this camp meeting down through the years. And I remember a precious brother that's gone on to be with the Lord. I remember Brother Harry Slattery preaching our camp meeting. And I think it was in, in uh, probably Richmond, Virginia. That one we had to close down because it got so hot. But I remember one of the sermons that he preached that night. And he looked at the congregation and he said these words. 
if you have never had a crisis in your Christian experience. He paused for a moment and he said, you will. You will. Positive, but you will. You see, what we've got to understand is every one of us must plan for the storm. We must get ready for the storm. And I want to ask you tonight, could you sleep on a windy night? Can you sleep on a windy night? Have you taken care of the livestock? Have you taken care of the equipment? Have you, have you, have you put the track up? Have you put the hay in the barn? Is everything taken care of? Let me bring it down to our level. How is your prayer life? How is your worship? Have you taken care of repentance? Is there anything in your heart that you wouldn't want to face a storm with? Is there anything between you and one of your brothers that might prevent peace in the time of a storm? Is there something in your life that needs to be taken care of? Or can you sleep on a windy night? Just as sure as we are here, we are bound and determined at one point or another to face storms in our lives. Hallelujah. It may come in your marriage. It may come in your home. Amen. Your storm may come down at the hospital. Somebody left this camp meeting tonight. Three of our pastors have had to leave this camp meeting in a storm, an unexpected storm. Their storms, they met with people that were having storms at the hospital and down at the funeral home. Your storm may be down at the jailhouse with some of your kinfolks. Your storm may come, brother, in a, in a, in a doctor's office when a doctor delivers bad news to you. Your storm may come at your school. Your storm may come... In your home, your storm may come with your children. Your storm, who knows when and where it's going to come. I just want to ask you, can you sleep on a windy night? Can you sleep on a windy night? Have you made preparation? Have you made preparation just to be sure that if the storm comes, you'll be able to sleep on a windy night? Hallelujah. Clap your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Jesus got on a ship. He was going uh, across the sea. The, uh, this Scripture is just the next page over in your Bible. Acts cha or Matthew chapter number 8. And Jesus entered into a ship. His disciples followed Him. There arose a great tempest insomuch that the Bible said uh, that, uh, it, that the ship was covered with waves. You know, storms come in different proportions. I'm telling you that storms can be various in their sizes. If you haven't had the big one yet, if you live very long, a big storm is coming. There's going to be a storm, no doubt, at some point in your life that's going to cover your ship. I mean, I'm not talking about a little, a little thing, but I mean a tempest that covered the, the ship that they were in. The waves became bigger than they were. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but I'll tell you, storms sometimes can cover their victims. Storms can be bigger sometimes than we are. Oh, but let me tell you this. There's a, glow, a great old song that says, just remember this, when all of those waves are over your head, they're under His feet. 
Hallelujah. When the waves are over your head, they're under His feet. Brother, when you don't know what to do and don't know which way to turn, make preparation for the storm. Know Jesus before the storm. Because remember this, in a crisis, you need Christ. Because Christ is real in an hour of crisis. We leave this camp meeting. We don't know what's coming down the road. But for sure, there are going to be storms. I just want to ask you, can you sleep on a windy night? Have you taken care of the livestock? Have you put the tractor up? Have you closed the gate to the corral? Could you sleep if a windy night awoke you early in the morning? Hallelujah. The Bible said a storm arose. I think storms face sometimes individuals. I think storms come against churches. I do. I think this ship that Jesus got on, I think the ship was carrying Jesus. I believe there was a very real reason why the storm came. I sincerely do. I believe the waves began to beat and as they, as they began to cover the ship, the Bible said that the disciples, the disciples were frantic and they thought we're going to die. It sures the world we're going to die. And somebody said, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And somebody said, hey, I saw him go in the hinder part of the ship. And they went back there, and there Jesus was just sacked out. Hallelujah. Amen. They walked over and got a hold of Jesus and began to shake him and said, get up, Master. Get up, Master. What's the matter with you, Master? Don't you care that we're going to perish? I hear Jesus as he straightened up and looked at them and said, don't you know I can sleep on a windy night? Hallelujah. I can sleep on a windy night. I committed everything to my Father and I can sleep on a windy night. You know something? I believe that the power of Christ ought to rest in us. I believe we ought to face whatever's coming in the future and say, listen, we're not going to worry. We're not going to, we're not going to become frightened about what the world might say is going to come because this is a church that can sleep on a windy night. Hallelujah! I can sleep on a windy night. Oh, come on and wave your hand and say thank you, Jesus. I want to be like Bishop. I want to be like Bishop Peters. Hallelujah. That tornado came through Kingsport, blowed trees down, blowed houses over. Amen. Blowed cars all over the place. And somebody said, what would you think about that storm last night? He said, what storm? Hallelujah. What storm are you talking about? He, he and Sister Peters, they slept through the entire storm two times and never knew that was a storm. Let me tell you, that may be literally that I'm talking Talking spiritually, saints of God, I believe you and I need to prepare for the storm. We need to prepare for the inevitable. We need to prepare for the worst that could happen and get things right. And then if the winds blow, and then if the storm rages, and then when trouble comes, you can say, hey, I can sleep on a windy night. Somebody's going to the hospital. Amen. Somebody's going for surgery. Somebody's going to meet an appointment. Several come to me tonight and some of the living I've got to go here for an appointment. I've got to go under this surgery next week. I've got to undergo this test next week. I've got news for you. I've got news for you. If you're not prayed up, pray up. If you're not packed up, pack up. Amen. Let me say to you, you can face that storm and you can sleep for the peace of God 
that passes all understanding can come into your heart and into your life and you can face the worst of your adversaries and be asleep in Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Wave your hands. Say, I can sleep on a windy night. Get up, Jesus. Get up, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes storms rise against the ship that's carrying Jesus. Because, the, you know, it's where Jesus is going. And it's because the ship is carrying him where he's going. See, on the other side of that sea, there was a man who was possessed of demons. Yeah, there was a man that Jesus was going to bring deliverance to. And I really believe that when the devil sees what the church is doing, no wonder he sends storms. He does not want you to accomplish the will of God. He does not want us to be apostolic. He does not want us to be overcomers. That's right. And brother, sometimes storms can, can, can stand in your way of doing the will of God. Jesus got up. Hallelujah. And he said, boys, why are you so fearful. And he walked out on the bow of that boat. I'm glad I got somebody that when the storm is raging, I know somebody that's the master of the wind. And he can step out on the bow of my boat any time. Yes, he can. And he looked down at the sea and he looked at the wind and listened to it. And to paraphrase, Jesus said, you act as if though you might do me in. You act as if though you might not even recognize who I am. And Jesus said to the sea, be still. And for the wind, he, he said, be calm. Man, I hear a conversation going on between the wind and the sea. And the wind said, hey, I've heard that voice before. And the sea said, yeah, I, I, I know who that is. That's my master. That's my master. That's my master. And the wind began to become calm. And the sea uh, became peaceful. Oh, children of God, I'm here to tell you that if you live for Him and you trust Him and keep Him on your boat and the worst of storms, he can step out on the bow of your boat and say, peace, be still, peace, be still, peace, be still. Can you sleep on a windy night? Lift your hand and say, Lord, I want to sleep on a windy night. Hallelujah. You've got to get things ready. Before see the devil, he wants you to he wants you to put things off. He wants you to put things off and and take care of them later. But sometimes, brother, when the tornado's in your front yard, it's too late to run for a ditch. Amen. Sometime when the storm has already hit, it's too late to say, "Oh, I, I just thought about that sin I committed." Amen. When a car dashes out in front of you and it looks like you're going to have a head-on collision, it's a little too late to start repenting and say, "God." I I need to get right with my brother. I need to get this out of my heart. Hey, listen to me. We need to stay right, not just with God, but we need to stay right with one another. You never know when a storm is coming in our life, preachers. Hallelujah. And if there's anybody I want to be right with other than God, it's my preacher friends. I want to be right with the saints of God. That's right, brother. Amen. When something bad happens, I don't want to begin to wonder, hey, I got something in my heart against brother so-and-so, or he don't like me, or we're in this squabble. Man, when the storm comes, I want to be able to say, hey, I, I, I put the tractor up. I shut the gate to the corral. I put the hay up. I'm ready for the storm. I can lay down. 
down. And while the storm is raging, I can sleep on a windy night because I've taken shelter and taken care of the storm. Hallelujah. David said, hey, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me. I'm here to tell you that is a shelter in the time of storm. There is peace in the midst of the storm. If you're taking care of business before the storm hits, the storm can't hurt you. If you're taking care of business before the storm hits, you can sleep on a windy night. Let the winds rage. Let's be at peace among ourselves and be at peace with God. And then it don't matter what kind of storm hits. Man, we ain't fussing and fighting because you're not in my fellowship and I'm not in yours. You don't have my card. Hey, there's one thing we got in common and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo! Hey, listen to me. We got several organizations represented in this house tonight. If a storm hits, it ain't going to just hit the assemblies. If a storm hits, it ain't going to just hit the IF. If a storm hits, it ain't just going to hit the UPC. If a storm hits, it ain't going to just hit the PAW. When the storm hits, it's going to try to hit every Jesus name. Holy Ghost still tongue talking believer. We got to be together. I said, brother, we got to be together so I can sleep on a windy night. Come on, wave your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. But if you've got something in your heart against anybody and they're here tonight, don't let this camp meeting close before you take care of the corral door, before you put the livestock up, before you go to bed tonight. Call your brother or your sister and say, I'm sorry, I've done you wrong. I did something. Oh, I'm sorry. You and I are at odds with one another. Let's get right with one another. You can't be right with God and wrong with your brother. The altar is waiting to give you what you need. But you can't get out of the altar what you need as long as you're at odds with your brother. Are you hearing me? The most precious people in the world are Jesus' name, apostolic, Holy Ghost still, tongue talkers. Somebody said, Brother Livingston, I'm careful, bless God, who I fellowship. I want to know where their card is. I'm careful who I fellowship. Let me tell you this tonight. You might can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your kin folks. Amen. You can't deny your relatives. If they're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, they are your kin folks. I said they're your kin folks. Hey, brothers, we can sleep on a stormy night. We can sleep when the wind's blowing. I said we can sleep. My God, Bishop, if it's a man that can sleep on a windy night, I believe it's Bishop Peters. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, we can sleep on a windy night. Hallelujah. You don't need to face the windstorm and be at odds with your brother. Would you say amen? I feel the Holy Ghost. Say thank you, Jesus. Paul said in Acts chapter 27, we got on the ship, and he said the winds were contrary. 
That simply means you want to go one direction, the wind drives you another. That happens. You want to accomplish one thing, the wind drives you another. Sometimes the winds are contrary. I think we're living in a time that the winds are contrary. And they're going to become more contrary. I want to show you some things before I close tonight. The Bible said the winds became contrary. Then the Scripture said in verse number 7 that they were beginning to sail. And then the Bible said then the wind would not suffer us. Hallelujah. It turned from something that was just opposing you to something that stopped you in your tracks. Would not allow you to accomplish what you needed to do. Let me tell you that the storm can rage and, and it can pick up momentum and can become worse. First of all, they were contrary. Then they were denying winds. And then verse number 9, the Bible said, And that time was spent, and now sailing for us was dangerous. They went from contrary winds, amen, uh, to winds that would not permit us. And then they got dangerous. Hallelujah. They became dangerous. Let me say this to you, that the Bible said in the last times, perilous times shall come. The word perilous means dangerous. Dangerous times shall come. Friends, we are in dangerous times. Apostolics, we're in dangerous times. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that Paul told them, listen, fellas, you need to be careful because there's a storm coming. And the storm is coming. Now, I don't mean to cross anybody's theology. If you disagree with me, that's up to you. And you might, you know, you might be right and I might be wrong. I don't think so. But I'm looking for Jesus to come at any time. I personally, you don't have to agree with this. And this is not a doctrinal issue. But I believe Jesus will come before, before the Antichrist and the mark of the beast is revealed. However, I do not rule out the idea and the fact that before that hour occurs, there are going to be some storms and there are going to be some winds and there are going to be some things come against the church. And church of the living God, if some of those bureaucrats in Washington had their way, they would shut you down for what you preach. With Congress being filled with homosexuality and more homosexual senators than ever in the past. And with their, uh, their no respect for God and the only preachers, that thing they do with preachers, when they make a movie about a preacher, he's an Elmer Gantry or he's some kind of a crook or, or they make fun of religion. But let me tell you this, if some of the world had their way, they would come against the church. There are those right now that are trying to pass laws that would limit us from preaching in a place like this. Hallelujah. There are those, if they have their way, brother, they'll put to stop the church that's preaching so effectively. We're living in a time that people can walk up to you on the sidewalk and arrest you for passing out religious tracts. Hallelujah. We know that it's freedom of speech. They call it the infringements of rights upon others. What we need to understand as we approach a storm that's getting worse and worse, we need to get the rest. We need to get the fullness of God's Spirit and get everything ready and be right. Shut the corral door. Put up the tractor. Put the hay in the barn and better get ready because you never know what's coming on the horizon. 
when it happens, I want to mount my pulpit and preach Jesus' name like I've never preached it before. When it happens, I want to preach the Holy Ghost talking in tongues like I never have before. When it happens, I want our fellowship rally to be more powerful. I want us to be so full of love until no storm can blow us asunder. I want to be to the place I can sleep on a windy night. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody ought to raise up your hand and say, God, I'm ready for a storm. It might come and it might not. Hallelujah. But as sure as I'm here, there will be a storm. There will be a storm. My question is, church, can you sleep on a windy night? Hallelujah. Uh, Paul said, boys, Said it's harm coming. There's dangerous times are here, said Paul. And we are in much hurt and damage is going to come of the laden of the ship and of our lives. We're going to be in distress. Amen. And the Bible said, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than Paul. See, we're living in an hour. Folks, do not believe what the preacher's saying. Let me just march on here a little bit. The Bible said they got out there and the storm got worse. And the storm brewed and the storm worsened itself. The Scripture said that it got so bad until it became so tempestuous. Until in verse number 14, the Bible said not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. Euroclidon. That is a storm, the worst of its kind. I, uh, I, I was curious. Wonder what kind of storm that storm is. What in the world does that mean? Why did they name this storm Euroclidon? And it has a specific meaning. If you would check uh, your uh, uh, commentary or check your Greek dictionary or any dictionary, this word means a ferocious storm out of the east. It means a storm out of the east. Amen. Just let me drop this thought and then I'll go on. I don't think we realize how many clouds and the windstorm that's brewing in the eastern part of our world. Amen. With all of this talk about China. Amen. And the possibility of our our own president being under uh, investigation uh, for possibly selling uh, arms uh, to to China. And somebody said, oh, oh, they're wanting to get along with us. And and I heard on the news this week that we're going to practice army. We're going to play army with China. Our soldier boys are going to practice what you heard it. Are going to practice with China. I love the Chinese. I'm not against the Chinese. I'm not against Japanese or Russians. I love everybody. There are believers all over this continent. And so I'm not meaning anything in that area at all. But I want to tell you something that the Scripture gives us a hint many, many years ago that a storm one day in the last days is going to rise out of the east and the clouds are arising. Listen, that area over there in the Middle East, brother, it's like a dynamite that's already been lit and the fuse is burning down. If I understand the Scripture right, there is a man who's going to bring a storm out of the east. 
Amen. And brother, he's going to rise. And the Bible calls him one that exalts himself above all that is called God. He will exalt himself. He will set up in the temple and declare himself that he is God. There is a man who opposes everything that is of God. And let me tell you, church, that the storm clouds are brewing in the east. Amen. That you're recluded in is coming from the east. The storm clouds are arising. Amen. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? At any moment, I've read some of those who say, those that are in the know, they say it is inevitable that America will have a war with China in the next five years. I don't know, but I know that's what men who are in the know say. They say that China is planning on it. And that our most gullible moment, China is planning on launching some sort of a warfare. You don't have to take their word for it. The Word of God teaches that it's going to happen one of these days before long. You say, preacher, what do you say? I'm saying, church, the storm clouds for the Eurocloden is already happening. The storm is raging. The Middle East is set up for a storm. Who knows how it's going to affect the church? Who knows how it's going to affect believers? Who knows? I want to ask you, church, could you sleep on a windy night? Can you sleep on a stormy night? Can you go to sleep? Can you have the peace of God in spite of the fact that the world is headed for disaster? Hallelujah. Somebody said, I didn't come to camp meeting to hear a prophet of gloom. But I want to tell you, if in this world only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. And if you're planning on Congress fixing it, you got a shot coming. If you're planning on the Democrats taking care of it, you got a shot coming. If you're planning on Republicans taking care of it, you got a shot coming. If you're planning on religion to take care of it, you got a bigger shot coming. I'm here to tell you, the storm clouds are raging. And if the devil has his way, he's going to bring the most tempestuous storm that's ever come against the church. But let me say, I can sleep on a windy night. I can sleep on a windy night. I can lay down and sleep on a windy night. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. That ain't all. I'm not at odds with my brothers. We're at peace with one another. The Bible said, uh, follow peace with all men and without holiness. No man shall see God. We're lifting up a holy standard before God in front of the world. We're at peace with one another. I say, let come what may. Let come what may. Hallelujah. Let faith take its course. There's going to be somebody, brother, that's put the horses in the corral and locked the gates, covered up the hay, covered up the tractor, taking care of things out in the field and can lay down and sleep when the storm is raging high. Come on, lift your hand and love Him. Lift your hand and love Him. Uh, Paul said it's getting worse. It's getting worse. You can be seated. The Bible said that we're tossed exceedingly with the tempest. On the third day, we... We thought we'd better make some special precaution, so we lightened the ship. Hallelujah. We're going to make it through the storm. There may be some things we may have to throw overboard. 
Maybe some precious things that you think's precious you might have to get rid of in order to weather the storm. He said we tossed things over we thought we had to have, but we got rid of all of that. Then Paul said, and the sun of the stars didn't appear for days. It became so dark. What I'm trying to tell you, saints of God, that was a literal storm for Paul. But I think that right now those dark clouds are hovering in our world. Storm clouds are brewing. Yes, they are. You don't have to accept my word for you can read the Word of God and understand, brother, that the storm is raging in our world. And if I understand what Jesus said, He said it shall wax worse and worse. If you plan on it getting better in the world, watch out. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible said, when you hear men say, hey, peace and safety. Hey, we're making a pact with China. We're going to play, we're going to play army with China. We're going to swap, we're going to swap leaders. We're going to let their generals, general our troops, and we're going to let one of our generals, general their troops, and we're just going, we're going to play army. Amen. We have never lived in an hour in the world history as it's been for leaders of America like today. People don't care. People don't worry. It don't bother them. What kind of rumor comes out of Washington? Now, I'm not getting on politics, but all they say is that the economy's good. That the economy's good. We're making more money than we've ever made before. And it looks good for next year. It don't matter about adultery. It don't matter about homosexuality. Hey, I say, my God, have mercy upon America. It don't matter about murder. It don't matter what they say. We're, we're willing to accept whatever if you can keep our economy good. My God, what are you going to do, brother? Let me tell you something else uh, that's on the horizon. And I don't believe, uh, I don't believe we'll, that I will be here for the mark. But let me tell you something. There's a man that if he has his way, he's going to uh, bring a mark into the world. And he's going to say, if you want good economy, then take my mark. If you don't take my mark, then you're going to die. Amen. Somebody said, I'll be all right. I'll stand for it. Let me tell you what this Bible said. This Bible said, if you cannot, if you cannot contend with the footman, what are you going to do when the horses come? Or what will you do when Jordan overflows her banks? If you can't live for God now, if you can't go to Wednesday night Bible study and be faithful to the house of God now, if you can't attend rallies and live for God now, when it's easy, what would you do if Jordan overflowed her banks? I'm here to tell you, the storm is raging. The storm is You don't have to believe it. They didn't believe Paul either. We act as if though everything's going to go on, we're headed for our utopia. Let's make it a better place. Let's make it a... We're, we're, we're going to make it a better place. We're going to have one world economy. We're going to make the world a utopia. Cashless society on the horizon. Congress meeting right now. Two that are in there are opposing a national identification number. Two are rising, and it looks like it's almost a law that's already been passed that every American is going to have an identification mark number. 
Hallelujah. I don't say things just because I heard somebody say it. Amen. That's on the news. I heard it on the news. Let me tell you something. Saints of the living God, there's a storm raging out there. There is a storm raging out there. Amen. The Bible said the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul said to them, look, fellas, he said, I told you that you shouldn't be doing this. I told you what would happen. You see, they didn't want to listen to the preacher. He sounded old fogey. And they didn't want to hear what the preacher had to say. But the Bible said they came to a place that looked as if though the storm became so bad. Sometimes that happens to us as a church. It happens to us as individuals. I don't know about you folks. I have mounted the pulpit when I felt like waves were coming against me personally. Amen. Storms can rage. The Bible said the Apostle Paul said to them fellowships, they came to a stop and the Bible said they dropped out four anchors. Amen. You just stay stand with me if you want to because I'm bringing it to a close. They dropped out four anchors. I think it's a good time to drop some anchors. I think the anchor of prayer will still hold this old boat. I think the anchor, I think the anchor of the Word will still hold this old boat. I think the anchor of worship will still hold us in place. I think the anchor of truth will still hold this old ship of Zion in place. Someone said, Brother Livingston, what am I going to do when the storm comes in my life? And what am I going to do when the storm rises against my church and against, against everything I have? The Bible said, Paul said to those fellas, said, listen, he said, you haven't eaten in a few days. Come on around. And the Bible said they took, they threw a bunch of stuff away, and then they took food. And the Bible said that the, I love this. The Bible said, and when he had thus spoke, he took bread and gave thanks unto God in the presence of them all. Here he was. Lord Jesus. Thank you for this food we're partaking. And the wind was blowing him. Hallelujah. And the storm was raging. What was the preacher doing? He is sanctifying the food. He is blessing the food. He was doing just what God had called them to do. Saints of the living God, when storms arise in your life, be sure that you can sleep on a windy night and that you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm going to close with this. The Bible said that... Paul looked at the men, and there were some fellows who the Bible said in verse number 30 were shipmen. They were the men who controlled the boat. They were the men who steered the ship. The Bible said they were letting on like they were going to do one thing, and they were going to do another. The Bible said they were letting some boats down out of the big ship and they were going to climb off the big boat and get in little boats. And they were acting like we're going to go down there and help anchor the ship in even a more secure way. Thank God for the wise apostolic prophet that recognized they wasn't acting right. Their actions wasn't right. He said, the way you're acting, you're acting to me like you're about to abandon ship. You're acting to me like you're about to abandon ship. Amen. He picked it up. Their habits, the way they acted, was giving it away that they were about to jump ship. 
These wasn't just normal people. These was not the passengers. I've heard it preached many times that way, that it was the passengers. No, no, no. It was the shipmen. It was the centurion. It was the men who were in control of the ship. The Apostle Paul came to them and said, Listen, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. He wasn't talking about the people abiding in the ship. He was saying, Look, if you abandon, they'll all die. If you abandon them, they'll all die. You, you, they, they cannot be saved except the centurion, except the shipmen, except those that are in charge of the boat. Stay on board. Let me tell you this. If there's ever been an hour, we need to pray for our pastors. We need to do it today. Ever been a time you need to get behind your pastors? Pastor, it's today. If there's ever been an hour, you need to pray and say, God, give my pastor what we need and support that man. Don't run your mouth about that man. He's the guy that's going to help steer that boat. And let me tell you, somebody said, I don't like preachers. You can say what you want to. If these don't stay in the ship, none of you can be saved. Are you hearing me? Except these abide in the ship, we cannot make it. Hallelujah. we still got to have old-fashioned holiness preaching like Brother Mark McCool has done this week. we still got to have the leadership of a Bishop Peters and of a Bishop Billy McCool. And we still got to have pastors. we got to have young men like these young men that mounted this podium this week and preached their heart out. Hallelujah. we still got to have some Denny Livingstons and some Joel Carvers and some David Peters. we still got to have brothers and some Mike Vickers and Carver Twins. Somebody, we got to pray for the ministry because if they abandon ship the ship can't stand up under the storm. You act like it don't matter. Amen. Let me tell you, the greatest thing you could do in this hour next to having a good relationship with God is to have a good relationship with your pastor. Hallelujah. I said have a good relationship with your pastor. I don't know why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. But I'm going to tell you something. If you've got something against your pastor, and you've been working against your pastor, and you spoke against the leaders of your church, you don't need to let this camp meeting close. Tonight's the night. You need to meet him in this altar. Or meet whoever in this altar. And put your arms around your brother and say, Brother, I've talked about you. Brother, i said something against you. I've been working against you. I don't want to face a storm and things not be right between me. And my brother. Hallelujah. Paul said, These have got to stay in the ship. Because I just got one thing to say. Let's hang with the ship. Let's hang with the ship. I said, Let's hang with the ship. Let's don't abandon ship. They were kind of they were kind of acting like they were going to jump ship. Paul the apostle said, Hey, you fellas look sneaky to me. You look conniving to me. You believe if they were letting down little boats, they were going to get out of the big boat and get in little boats. Hallelujah. He said, you fellas, y'all are doing some things that look suspicious to me. I don't care what you say. Before preachers abandon, they always get suspicious in their preaching. They may start making a little light of, well, we don't need much holiness preaching. And, well, we, we, need to, we don't need to get excited too much about Jesus being God. And, and well, you know, they, they say, everybody is alright as long as they're sincere. Amen. That sounds to me like somebody that's dropping the little boat off beside the big boat and fixing dessert. Hey, I didn't come this far. I hadn't been preaching 35 years to desert you. 
Bishop Peters hadn't been preaching. You're celebrating 50 years. 50 years is too long, brother, to be behind the stern to desert now. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, saints of God, we can make it. We can make it. Let come what may. We can sleep on a windy night. But these have got to stay in the ship. Can you sleep on a windy night? If trouble come in your life tonight, would it catch you? Would it catch you unprepared? If the storm began to brew tonight, would it catch you unaware? Or can you sleep on a windy night? Can you say to the boss man when he wakes you up in the middle of the morning and he says, what's wrong with you? And you can say, nothing wrong with me. I told you, I can sleep on a windy night. I can sleep on a windy night. Everything's alright. Everything's intact. I'm looking for the rapture. I'm looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for the church. But if storms come before He comes, I can sleep on a windy night. I don't know how bad it's going to get before Jesus comes. I'm looking for Him to come tonight. But if He don't come tonight, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you, let come what may. We can sleep on a windy night. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Hallelujah. Oh, would you let him talk to you? Would you let him talk to you for just a minute with your head bowed and eyes closed? Would you let the Lord talk to you? Can you sleep? an altar invitation for anybody who doesn't have total peace in the midst of the storm. Anybody that might be afraid if a storm came tonight in your life, you wouldn't be able to sleep on a windy night. You need the Holy Ghost before the storm comes. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name before the storm comes. You need to repent before the storm comes. You need to get things right before the storm comes. My son's going to sing that song again. I want you to step out and move into this altar. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. Amen. If you need to repent, I want you to come. There is peace. Amen. In the midst of Are you troubled in your spirit? Why don't you come? It don't mean you're back to If you think you wouldn't be ready for the storm, why don't you come? Come on. Found me a rock 
You, you, you're a good person. Come on. Come on. God loves you and you love Him. But you just might not be ready for the storm. Huh. I want to be sure I'm right. So I get the Holy Ghost. Oh. Come on. Let's search our hearts. Let's search our hearts. Let's search our hearts. I want to sleep on a windy night. I want to sleep on a windy night. Brothers, let's hug one another. Let's embrace one another. Saints, embrace. Sister, embrace a sister. Brother, pray for a brother. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's get ready where we can sleep on a windy night. He's my vessel. He's my vessel. He's my vessel. I feel He gives me peace. Come on. Come on, church. Let's get the peace of God. Let's get the peace of God. That passes all understanding. 